0: Welcome to God's Playbook with your host, Father Rico Passero. Let's play ball. Friends, welcome back to God's Playbook. Today, we continue our series on the commandments, and it's the fifth commandment. Thou shall not kill. If I were to ask by a show of hands how many people has this commandment affected, I would bet that many of us would not raise our hands. And yet, sadly, the opposite is true, that each of us have been guilty of this commandment. But when we look at it at the surface level, we think, well, hopefully none of us would. But the reality is when we look at the depths of it, it might actually affect us more than we might be aware of. So let's address the fifth commandment. Thou shall not kill or you shall not kill. Killing or murdering someone is an act of violence and is not godlike. And even a young child would recognize that truth. But when we look at this commandment friends, it first looks at the commandment on the literal level. Have I killed or murdered someone? As a former prison chaplain, there are people in the world who sadly usually in a moment of extreme nature, have snapped or have made a conscious choice of ending the life of another individual. This is traumatizing not only to the victim and their family, to their community, and also the one who acted in such a way, sometimes right away and sometimes after many years of reflection. And yet, that's not where this commandment stops. And for many of us, I think that's where it is. Okay, sixth commandment, this one doesn't apply. Well, let's slow down a minute, friends. First and foremost, have I murdered someone? Some of us might be listening to this podcast and still dealing with that grief. Because when we think about murdering someone, it may take different levels. First and foremost it may have been an extreme situation, perhaps in an altercation, perhaps under the influence of alcohol or drugs, perhaps someone may have been breaking into my home and I acted, sometimes as things may have escalated out of control. Wherever we find ourselves, if indeed a murder has taken place, believe it or not, friends, God can still forgive even such acts of heinous crime. For many of us, it may not be on that level. The sin of abortion is also under this commandment of killing an innocent child. In some cases, young women or men, when facing an unexpected or troubled pregnancy in some cases being influenced by external factors, the media, family, or friends, may have acted in a moment to end the life of a child of God, and for the rest of their lives may have to deal with the struggle and grief that comes from it. And yet, once again, we are met by a compassionate and loving God who understands the human heart, who in many cases, when we act out of ignorance, God doesn't hold us to that. Rather, God is merciful and God wants us to be reconciled to him. In some cases too, individuals, usually when dealing with mental health, may have decided to end their own lives and acted in such a way as to commit suicide. In these instances too, friends, these, our brothers and sisters, may receive the mercy of God, for indeed they are not of sane mind. And yet, for some of us, we might ask the question, could God also forgive them for ending their life? And the answer is, absolutely yes. For some of us, we may have also fallen into the traps of what's called mercy killing or physician-assisted suicide, where we may have helped or advised a family member, a friend, a member of our community, to perhaps give some consideration to ending their life. And so indirectly, we may have participated in that decision. And we may find ourselves regretting the fact that we were participatory in that process how important it is for us to realize that God can forgive us for that too. But I would suggest, friends, let's go deeper as well. Have there been times in which I have used not a gun or a sword or a knife or some other weapon to kill someone, but rather my tongue? How many times have I used my tongue to murder the reputation of someone else? of to judge others, of to bring their weaknesses to the forefront of people's minds so that others may see them differently. There are many times where I've killed the integrity of another person by my words and actions. And so the tongue can be one of the most dangerous weapons that each of us own. God has given us our tongue to give him praise and to build each other up. And yet, there are times, especially in conflict and poor communication, in which our tongue becomes a weapon of destruction. And so, this commandment applies to each of us who have exhibited hatred towards one another, who have said hurtful things to one another, who have brought slander to another's reputation in which we have said false accusations against one another. There are times in which we have said ill will to one another and used foul language to belittle one another. This is so important for us, friends, to recognize our need for God's mercy, and it falls under this commandment. All of a sudden, this commandment seems a little more real to me. I wonder if it might seem a little more real to you as well. And I'm sure each of us, when we acknowledge the times in which we have been guilty of such sins, to recognize that, Lord, I am sorry for what I said. I'm sorry for making the other feel less. I'm sorry for the times where I've bullied others. I'm sorry for the times in which I have not spoken as a true friend of yours. And so it is important, friends, that we also recognize the harboring of anger and resentment towards another to call upon things of evil nature or perhaps poor health or, you know, cursing someone. These are all areas in which we need God's mercy for and we need to eliminate from our lives so we hold true to this commandment that we are not to kill, but rather to build one another up. There may have been many times, friends, in which you and I have been victims of this as well. Others have belittled us. May we also ask God to not only forgive these individuals for their ignorance and for the harm done to us, but to ask God to help us to learn how to let go and let God to move past these hurts and to be able to rebuild our lives and move forward as God's daughters and sons. And no time, friends, does this suggest that what they've said and done to us is okay. It's not okay. It's not of God. It's evil and it's sinful. And yet God doesn't want these sins, these evils to hold us back. God also expects that when we have done these hurts and evils to others, that we apologize. We look to make amends and we find ways to make up for what we've said and done. And sometimes we can't take our words back, and that's very true. Sometimes the people whom we hurt are no longer with us, whether they've passed away or are separated because of division or perhaps distance. And yet again, friends, each of us need to seek ways in which we can make amends for these times. God has given us this commandment to bring to our minds the importance of showing respect and the dignity of each human person. Even when others don't deserve our respect, am I willing to be Christ-like? Just because somebody disrespects me does not mean that I should disrespect them. Somebody shouts at me and calls me names. I should not reciprocate that evil with more evil. Lord, help us to realize the words, the language, the things we say and do, have an effect on our relationship with you and one another. Help to heal us of our harms. Help to heal us of the harms done to us. Lord, may we use our tongue. May we use our bodies. May we use our minds. Not to be little, but to build up. For when we do so, when we see you and others, we give you the glory and praise that is your due, and we give the honor and praise to those around us as brothers and sisters in Christ. For God's Playbook, I'm Father Rico. God loves you, and so do I. If you like what you hear, please consider supporting us on our Ko-Fi, K-O-F-I, or GoFundMe at God's Playbook Podcast. Thanks, and God bless.